Hi, it's good to be here with you this morning and uh, you may have noticed that I've uh, come out of the house uh, and uh, into the church that I know we so love. And uh, it's good to have the triptych here, uh, which I know is very precious to lots of us at St. Luke's. So, um, and I also want to say a big thank you to Jacob, who's doing the filming of this uh, this morning. In the last few weeks, I've been reading a few books about travel. I guess it's because during this time of lockdown, I haven't been able to travel, unlike a certain special advisor to the Prime Minister. Or is he still a special advisor to the Prime Minister? And that's one of the disadvantages of doing a recording so early in the week. You never know how the news will pan out by the time uh, that this um, service goes to air. So, back to the books. One of the books that I was struck with was by John Steinbeck called Travels with Charlie. Here is the book itself. Now, each Lent in our household, we offer one another a book that's important to us for someone else in the household to read so that we can get a better understanding of each other through these books that are precious and have deep meaning to us. Now, Travels with Charlie was not a book that was offered to me, but one that Jacob gave to Sophie to read during Lent. So hence, when Sophie said how excellent it was, I thought I would give that a go. Something that struck a chord with me right at the beginning of the book is when John Steinbeck is saying why he went on his travels in the first place. And I shall read it to you. Just excuse me. I, an American writer, writing about America, was working from memory. And the memory is at best a faulty, warpy reservoir. I had not heard the speech of America, smelled the grass and trees and sewage, seen its hills and water, its colour and quality of light. I knew the changes only from books and newspapers. But more than this, I had not felt the country for 25 years. In short, I was writing of something I did not know about. And it seems to me that in a so-called writer, this is criminal. My memories were distorted by 25 intervening years. So that got me thinking a bit about what I operate out of memory. And I'm asking you to also think about what you operate out of memory. I think it's fair to say uh, that some of my faith journey has been operating my Christian faith out of uh, memory. And I think it's hard sometimes to know where that memory comes from. Is it formed at our school, at university, say, or even a Sunday school experience? Is it from inherited uh, doctrines of faith or models of church. Somehow I, we, need to get out and about and experience this new country that is very different from those experiences that we might have had previously 
that have given us these comfortable memories that we sometimes cling on to. And for me, this is an opportunity. Pentecost and each and every Pentecost to begin our traveling. But I think especially in this Pentecost, when we have been so rudely jolted out of our memories, our routine, with experiencing our community in new and very different ways. Pentecost, uh, that feast where we remember the gifting of God's Spirit, that time uh, that we are invited to join with God in some form of divine dance that will guide us anew and afresh, transforming us so that we no longer have to be a follower of Christ from memory, but are once again invited to experience firsthand the new landscape of our Christian journey. And so the observant amongst you will know that I've traveled myself around church just now because I wanted to be at Meg Rose uh, St. Luke's Trinity, this wonderful painting uh, based on Rublev's icon of the Trinity. Richard Raw, a Catholic theologian, wrote a book uh, about the divine dance and his inspiration came from uh, the icon of the Trinity. Richard Raw suggested that this space between these two front seated figures might well have had some uh, reflective property so that the person gazing at the icon could see themselves included as part of this divine dance between God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. I love this use of dance uh, as a metaphor for this action of God's spirit. As some of you may know, Sophie and I have tried ballroom dancing in the past and we took lessons for a number of years. I almost got the hang of it until they started to play the music and I just couldn't remember the steps, listen to the music and feel the interaction with Sophie, my dance partner. Everything went wrong when the music started to play. I just couldn't remember the steps, listen to the music and feel that interaction, except for a couple of times when everything seemed to go just right. I could feel this connection with Sophie. I could remember the steps. I could hear the music and I could almost attempt what could pass as rhythm. In just those few moments, we actually felt like we were dancing and it was magnificent we were in a different place we were as one and i think those small glimpses of what it could be like kept us going back to those dancing lessons year in year out in the hope of trying to grasp further that feeling of oneness that feeling of being transported to a different place 
I glimpse this sometimes, for instance, on Strictly Come Dancing when a couple seemed to get it just right. And I felt this when I saw Millie's dance, which we had so magnificently performed as our first reading. That perfect combination of movement, of relationship with space and relationship with the music took me to a different place. And for me, this is something of what God's Spirit is inviting us all into a perfect dance where we can all be transported from where we are to where God wants us to be or perhaps just get a glimpse in uh, that interaction with God's Spirit of where we ought to be. So uh, this will be something different then uh, than we've had before because we were all transformed and always transformed when we join with God's Spirit in that invitation to the divine dance. Transformed like those first apostles were from waiting behind closed doors to being out and about in the marketplace, speaking in languages that they didn't know, communicating from people from all over the world, being more than they ever felt they could possibly be. And that, perhaps, is what we can hope for when we join in with this dance. It won't be the same as it's always been. I think we're just starting to grasp that idea ourselves at St Luke's, that we can't go back to the way we were before lockdown. Something has to change. The Spirit has been at work amongst us and among us. And we've got to work out how best to respond to this invitation to communicate with people from near and from far. To communicate from people who can be presently, physically with us, but also those who, for whatever reason, cannot be with us in this building. We are always invited to be transformed, changed by dancing with the Spirit of God. We try, and we do try sometimes, to hold on to our old ways, to remember what we thought of as being the way we should be or act in church. We find that to live in our memories can be comforting because they're good memories. That's why many of us are here at St. Luke's. That's why many of us joined because it's that community that we remember that we want to, to be so much a part of. But we can't just inhabit memories, however precious we are always being transformed into something new, something exciting, something to respond to the needs of our community now. So turning back to our travels with Charlie and to John Steinbeck. And I heartily recommend this book, especially in a period of lockdown. And thank you, Jacob and Sophie, for the recommendation. 
So our last page in the book, and I hope not to give too many spoilers, uh, but we find John Steinbeck returning home from his epic journey across the United States, getting to know his country once again so he doesn't have to live out of the memories anymore. He has in inhabited the United States afresh, learning its smells, its speech, the people and the places, as if for the first time, but now real, not a distorted memory of what once was. So as he returns home, he says, Suddenly, I pulled to the curb in a no-parking area, cut my motor and leaned back in the seat and laughed. And I couldn't stop. My hands and arms and shoulders were shaking with road jitters. An old-fashioned cop with a fine red face and a frosty blue eye leaned in towards me. What's the matter with you, Mac? Drunk? He asked. I said, officer, I've driven this thing all over the country. Mountains, plains, um, 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 deserts. And now I'm back in my own town where I live. And I'm lost. So, like Steinbeck, once we accept that invitation to travel, once we realise that we have to move out of the memories that we have inhabited, we may find that we feel a little lost, even with what once seems so very familiar. But as Jesus used to say to his followers when they found themselves in new and unexpected places, do not be afraid. This dance that we are called to join in is a dance that will help us to inhabit these wonderful fruits of God's Spirit that we have been hearing so much about during our lockdown services. Love, peace, joy, gentleness, self-control, patience, kindness, goodness and faithfulness. Where the Spirit takes us, we know these await us. We have nothing to fear, just an opportunity to join in the greatest dance of our lives.